Hi, this is Bill Prater, and welcome to the Business Builder Show, where we feature champions in their respective industry from all over the globe. Our mission is, is to inspire, promote, and accelerate your quest for business excellence by providing timely, provocative, and actionable resources like we're going to do right now. We're going to talk about building a business out of frustration with the status quo, and Bill Spawn is going to help us through that. Now, Bill is the CEO and founder of True Tech Tools, which is an award-running reseller of tools and test instruments. Bill spent 30 years creating, designing, and marketing a wide variety of test and measuring products that work for technicians in the field, including 10 years he spent each at Baccarat and Testo. Bill's all about science, comfort, health, and energy efficiency. From his business platform, he communicates and educates people on responsible use of energy in our homes, with the goal of helping everyone living in comfortable, safe, and efficient homes. That's a nice passion, Bill, you've got going along with your business. So talking about your business, who, Bill, do you guys serve? Sure. So we serve mainly technicians, so not a lot of consumers. But I call our, our customers technical consumers because they operate, we, we, we're an e-commerce business, so they operate with the same kind of attributes as you would if you were shopping on Amazon or some other website. So we have to present ourselves in that way, but we have we just don't we have to sell with the understanding of how to use the product. So heating and air conditioning techno technicians, mainly residential, but also commercial and industrial, and as well as another group called energy auditors, weatherization technicians, people that are doing the more complete whole home work. We also, we focus on three three groups of people. One, of course, is our customers. The second, of course, you hear a lot is employees, but the third is the being good stewards of the industry. So our vendors actually helping dialogue with our vendors. And there's a growing group of instructors, influencers, tradespeople that are beginning to teach each other. And we very actively support those people too. Together, those folks have, I imagine, a set of problems that you and your team are expert at solving. So give us an idea of the spectrum of problems that these that your customers and, and vendors and so forth are faced with all the time. So our, our customers will go to the HVAC customers. They're confronted with the need to ins properly install equipment so it operates as intended and it des delivers the desired comfort and energy performance that they're consumers. So we're part of a chain of information, I call it, whereby the consumer, customer of the contractor wants to be satisfied. The contractor wants to do a good job, but they need to understand the process and then get the right tools to use the process. So our, our approach is to ask in, in many different ways, what you are doing, and then to help, under, to help uh, clarify with best practices the how and then move to the what of what you should buy from us or somebody else. A lot of times we give away free advice, seminars, presentations, webinars, podcasts. We give away a lot of free advice. We just believe that there's enough business out there. Uh, we're doing a good job and being a shining example will bring revenue our way. So talking about uh, bringing revenue away, uh, Bill, walk us through maybe a, a case study or something that shows kind of soup to nuts how 
how somebody ends up getting hold of you and then how you go about actually delivering your products and services. Sure. And it's mainly products what we deliver. And, and in the simplest sense, we're a store, but we're a store of highly curated products that our team has put together and our customer service staff understands. We like to impart confidence with every sale that you, the customer, can use this in the way you intended to get to your desired goal. We, we have many different channels. Our main channel comes from actually pay-per-click advertising because there are customers of ours that just search for an item. It might be a refrigerant temp pressure smart probe to do their work. They can search for that term or terms like that, and then they'll be directed to a variety of websites for both pay-per-click advertising, but also we do have a lot of good content on our website. So the search engine marketing uh, picks up that and presents that to a customer. Uh, on top of that, we've built a customer base. We've been in business since for 16 years, over 16 years. So we have over 100,000 customers. So there's a lot of customers that already know of us or follow us, and we stay in contact with them. We're also connected to a lot of influencers in the industry. Some of them are in our corral, others we just support that are out there. They, they do a lot of their own training, their own videos, their communication, their own podcast to, to describe how to best use the products. So we, we support them. Some of them are authors of textbooks or manuals and guides. We sell them, not exclusively, but we sell them too. And we just believe in trying to push the best information out there for these contractors to solve their problems. And maybe it's just me, but I'm wondering if my listeners also are wondering, uh, I, I understand how the user of the product is the technician, but is that, is that actually who buys from you or is yes. it usually the contractor that buys? I'll call it the, the technician works for a contracting company. Sometimes I interchange those words. It makes it a little bit murky, but okay. businesses as well as individual technicians, technician companies, as well as individual technicians buy from us. It depends on how they're set up. They may be owner operators, so they buy direct, or they may have a tool allowance they're spending with us, or their boss may buy the product. A lot of times it's the more expensive products that the boss will buy, but a lot of times a contracting company expects a contractor or their technician to come loaded with the basic tools. So we will sell to them directly. And a lot of times, frankly, some of the tools we sell because contract, some of the technicians have picked up on these best practices, their bosses aren't interested in buying them. They're like, wait and see attitude. So we have a lot of infiltration into companies where there's a lot of potential where the individual technician has studied up understands and is buying at their own expense tools that their company should actually use. So that's a real big growth potential for us. Yeah, I, I agree with that totally. I, I liked when you said the company might provide a tool allowance. Yeah. Uh, I find when that's done, the technician will definitely pick a tool that will make the job easier. Yep. And but yeah, that's a good way of versus even for something as simple as a shovel. You give, you give your laborers an allowance to buy a shovel, they'll get a great shovel, not one that's going to break on them. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that a marketing approach you're taking. So that probably gives us a little indication about the fact that uh, you're a distributor of sorts. So you got a lot of competition. 
distributing maybe the same thing. So how do you go about uh, uh, differentiating yourself, Bill, from all that competition that's out there? We, we boil it down into four words, which are part of our logo. It's quality tools and essential support. And that it, the quality tools is curating the products we sell. We don't sell every brand that approaches us. We don't go looking for certain brands. We get a lot of quality brands now approaching us because we're recognized for this attribute. And the essential support is helping somebody first find us, then, which might mean by us, our website, find the product, understand the product, make the buying, the transaction really easy, and then the support, the shipment, the servicing, all that. So we really concentrate on this FFUBS uh, as a, a, a tagline uh, that we want to be excellent at performing. Uh, another thing I like to say is we don't sell disappointment, which means we have to be absolutely clear with the customer, with anybody that talks with us, visits with us, chats with us, that we're absolutely clear about information. We've, In fact, we put that into one of our core values is being attentive to detail. That's something that's in one of our outstanding core values. Talking about core values and other things like that, uh, I think you said you've, your, your business is 16 years old. Uh, Bill, could you walk us through the kind of the timeline? What were the major milestones that you uh, can remember, sure. including maybe, uh, some major successes and, and a couple of uh, stumbles? And then what did you learn from those uh, milestones as you went along? Sure. You introduced me as founder. I've really got to give that title over to two individuals, a father and a son who started the company. But I'll, I'll say I came in on day two, not day one, because they actually asked me what they should name the business. They wanted to run ideas by me and that I already had a relationship with one of them, a business relationship. And then we just continued to build upon that. I became an advisor and then a co-owner, and then the majority owner. So going back to 2006, the, the kernel of idea started within HVAC technician's mind. He talked to his son about it. Then they started to build the website in dialogue with me. And by April of 2007, the company was founded. We made our first sale. We finished that year with about $68,000 in sales as an e-commerce site and just spreading the word amongst people we knew because both the son and myself are were already involved in the industry as trainers, uh, as explainers, as educators in some of this sense. So people used were naturally coming to us for help. And we, all the three of us provided that along with the tools that would allow you to conduct the right business. And that's where the process aspect came. You, you can buy some of the tools to do a pro correct process, but you have to search for multiple vendors. We put those together in kits. That's one of our, our differentiators is that we have process-oriented kits. So we really pay attention to those details. In 2009, sort of, I, I came in the company full-time, became a co-owner. We formalized the structure, started to hire employees, started to create a, a staff in an organization. In 2014, the father and the son divested. And one of my trusted colleagues, our sales manager, Eric, came in as a, also a co-owner. And then we just went from a series of the first shipments were made from the founder's bedroom, his spare bedroom, uh, moved to a garage, moved to a house, moved to a, a, a doctor's office, a spare space in a doctor's office, then to a store and lock, and finally to an industrial facility with 
shipping docks. That was the big thing we needed. We were getting more and more shipments coming in by truck and they were offloading with pump jacks into the parking lot. And that was like crazy and intense. So we needed to get to a place with docks and a high ceiling. And we've continued to build up in that space. We finished last year with 25 employees and 25 million in sales. That's a nice per employee number. It is. Be people. It's and I'll just say I go. I don't know. It's it's easy because we, a lot of the money goes back to the vendor. True. The cost of goods is very high for us as a percentage. So uh, this is the retail space, but still, I think it's a good number. Thank you. It is indeed. It is indeed. Talking about you mentioned core values earlier, and you mentioned twenty five people. So walk our listeners through your philosophies towards building your team and how you find people and what your what screens you use to hire and how you develop people along the way. Sure. So I started to read the book called Traction by Gino Wickman, and that professes the, the concept of the entrepreneurial operating system, which has now become quite a international phenomena, I'll call it. I, I take it as like the best of the best business books and philosophies weaved into a functional organism that, that really works. So I started to read those books in 2017 and started to extract little bits and pieces and interject them in the organization. And then in 2021, decided to commit to doing this. And by 2022, we were up and running uh, with an implementer, uh, with a paid implementer. Uh, and so now we've been in the system for well over a year. Uh, and it provides a lot of that kind of structure uh, and you know, forces us into thinking in a, a prescribed way, but it doesn't tell us the answers. It describes how we should be thinking. So going back to that point about one of the things is building an accountability chart, not an organizational chart with titles, but an actual chart that has the specific key roles and responsibilities. Another thing I like about EOS is it's three to seven of anything three to seven key roles and responsibilities for a position, three to seven big projects that the company's working on at any one time, and a minimal number of words just refined so that like our core values, we've got it down to four. And it's a, to a total of maybe 35 words that describe all four values. And look for all these kind of things people can keep in their heads and, and use as a tool. So we have our, our core values. And then there's, in terms of hiring, we hire by ranking against the core values. We ask questions that'll lead us to understand that, for example, do you do the right thing in situations? Are you a team player? We don't ask them, are you a team player? We ask sure. for, give me an example of when you had this kind of situation or conflict come up. And then the other thing is there, there's this underlying concept for people in EOS, which is GWC, gets it, wants it, has the capacity to do it. And I think if anybody ponders over that for just a few seconds, you'll understand when somebody gets it. It's you can turn your back, not worry about it. They understood what you wanted. Or they asked questions, clarifying questions, and got to that point. They want it. They have as much drive as you do about achieving that role, that function, the capacity to do it. They have the right tools, the right background, the right understanding. And sometimes that's one where if you're weak on capacity, that's something the organization can help provide for you support. So we use GWC and the four core values as a rubric to hire against. 
Excellent. I like that. Great explanation. So what do you feel a bill's holding you back right now? I I think it right now, I I think it's uh, execution. We're still a little bit new in this EOS operating system. There's a ton of tools. There might be like 20, 30 tools that can be used. And we're still using them not entirely consistently across the organization. But sometimes someone will use a tool and then they'll report up through our, our weekly meeting. It's called a level 10 and L10 meeting to our, uh, our leadership team that they're using a tool. And then that starts to, to flow into the organization. So I would say we're, we're still young with EOS. And I think we're on the right path and we've got a lot of buy-in. I think another thing holding us back is over 16 years with so many customers and so much data we could really do a better job being analytical with our data, our our real-time data, our systems, as well as our legacy data, and extract some valuable insights from that. So that's a project we've actually got going on here in the fourth quarter, is to work with someone to help us better understand and utilize our data. Yeah, 100,000 customers is definitely plenty of data. It's rich but you need to be able to analyze it nicely articulated. You, early on, when I asked you the first question about who you serve, you listed a quite a variety of people, vendors, customers and prospects and employees and so forth. How What's the best way, Bill, for our listeners to get a hold of you? Me personally, you could email me at bill at truetechtools.com. And that's true without an E, because I like the way true tech tools, three, four, five stacks on top of each other, the Pythagorean theorem and all that. So excellent. True tech tools.com. Yeah, and that's yeah. our website too, true tech tools.com. But we do have a few products for consumers. If somebody's not a technician, we do have uh, low level carbon monoxide alarms because they're so hard to find elsewise. They provide warnings at a much lower level than the ones you would typically buy in a hardware store or a big box store. So like early warning system. And and by the way, I also do uh, some consulting work in carbon monoxide uh, poisoning uh, cases. As an expert witness, I've been doing that since 2006. Excellent. Thank you. What's a, one question, Bill, that maybe I should have thought of and asked you that I didn't that would give... Uh, great value to our listening audience? I think it's about people. And it's, and actually I used this sentence earlier today with someone else I was speaking with a couple hours ago, is people won't be amazing unless you believe they'll be amazing. If you have some hesitation in your mind, your outward affect, the words you say, your body language will, especially if you're in a position of subordinate and uh, leader, that will be communicated, uh, whether you like it or not, and people will be may feel a reaction from that. People won't be amazing unless you believe they'll be amazing. I love that. I love that. Beautiful. Thanks, Bill. I appreciated uh, your candor and enthusiasm and articulation today. Thanks. You're welcome. Now, everybody, in closing, let's focus on the single fact that Our businesses will not become extraordinary in a single moment. Instead, they get there as the result of the owner first creating a visionary strategy. Second, 
having a management system to execute that strategy. And number three, leveraging high performance teams. Now you can get your hands on those three keys. Just go to getbillsgift.com. So thanks for listening. Bill, thanks for sharing your time and your wisdom with us today. Thank you, Bill. Pleasure to be here. <music>